Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter, the first Newcastle Natter of the year of our Lord 2024. I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And just Paul Doolan, unfortunately. Uh... But you'll be enough. You're enough. That's all I need to hear. That's you're always I'm... saying. You're always saying to me, Paul, "Am I enough?" <laughs> and the answer today is that you are. That you will have to be. But something that isn't enough is the Newcastle United squad. Uh, I think the last time we did a podcast was uh, just after we had officially exited. At the Champions League, uh, after uh, a home loss to AC Milan, I think that's the last time we did a podcast. Uh, we we followed that up with a three 0 win against Fulham, but that was just uh, a, a, a false, another false dawn. The stats for the last couple of months make grim reading. We have lost seven of the last eight games we've lost we've only won three of the last 13 i think if i'm if i'm reading this right it's it started the season started very positively didn't it paul and we've had an accumulated sort of level of posit- positivity well i remember after the first game there was hubris on this pod where we thought maybe we might just be in a title race. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because we're quite stupid. Yes, there was. But we didn't... I don't think any of us were anticipating such a Steve Bruce, Steve McLaren-style run of results, were we? No. There are... I mean, there's mitigating factors, but I I can't get my head around what I think at the minute. Some of the fan base are kind of in meltdown because it's just we're shit. 
I don't think it's that bad. The injury crisis is insane. Like, I don't think we've ever had this many players out and not having Tonali is a massive thing. But seven losing seven of the last eight, regardless, is just, I, it's not, you can't blame everything on the injuries. I think tactically we have looked naive, bordering on inept in the last few games, especially. Uh, I'm no expert, but my guess is that, yes, we've had a major injury crisis, uh, but also the 11 who have been playing, are many of them are also suffering from injuries that we don't know about or and or are exhausted partly because of uh, circumstances beyond the club's control, partly because Eddie Howe insisted throughout November and most of December playing the same 11 players for 90 minutes every game. Yeah, there's been times when, if you look at Anthony Gordon in the Liverpool game, before half-time, you thought he has to come off. He finished the match. There's been a lot of that in the last few months of players looking exhausted and getting no break. And you kind of think, you look at the reserves that are there, you've still got Matt Ritchie and Paul Dummett, who, if they're not good enough to fill in, why give them new contracts? That's the thing that gets me. I understand the idea that, that, well, it's, it's, look at the bench, it's shit. But they have just given them new contracts. If you're going to give them new contracts, are you doing that just for a couple of Carabao Cups? cup appearances or are they supposed to be a part of the squad depth but the the thing about our squad being exhausted understandably so is it doesn't tally with intensity being our identity does it no well we are good when we're fit because of that intensity and that press works really well not because of a few players it needs the front six essentially to all press and we can't do that at the minute and you one see- of the key yeah one of the key factors of last season of for us punching above our weight was us being fitter than other sides yeah and when we're a lot less fit than other sides i think as well eddie howe is a very good coach on the training pitch and last season most of the time there would be a week between games, like a week of full training to prepare. We've not, well, we had 10 games in 30 days with more players out than any other team in the league. I'm not sure many teams would have done particularly well out of that run. But what's worrying to me is when clearly plan A is that intense pressing all over the pitch but when we can't play like that, it's not clear what plan B is because we still set up physically in the same way. We still do 4-3-3. We still play a high line. And especially without Nick Pope, that seems suicidal because Dubravka's, like, against Liverpool, he showed he's a very good shot stopper, but he is not good at coming out off his line. So I, there doesn't seem to be any tactical flexibility there. There's just... Seems to just be going, this is what's worked before, let's just do that, even though we've not got the personnel or the fitness to do that. That's the 
I think Eddie Howe deserves a lot of leeway, but the main criticism for me is that lack of flexibility and lack of... Something we said a lot under Bruce, what's the plan? Well, there doesn't seem to be a plan. The plan here just seems to be keep doing what's worked for us before, even though we know it's not going to work because we've not got the personnel or the fitness. Yeah, it's more of a question of what's the plan B. Yeah. Um, Plan B just seems to be concede a lot of goals and lose. Well, yeah. The last game was against Liverpool on New Year's Day. And it was weirdly... I think it was a very good game for the neutral. Mm. Weirdly competitive in the sense that although it always felt that we were going to lose, it did also always feel like there was a potential for us to... We were somehow clinging on. We were in the game for a lot of it, and you kind of think if that if they hadn't had their penalty, we'd still have been in the game in the last few minutes. But they did get the biggest XG that any side yeah. has. In if it second. wasn't for Darwin Nunes, they would have been out of sight by half time. Yeah. I but mean, a- XG if... aren't G, as my gran always used to say. This is what she's, she, she always said. Wasn't Famously. It? And it was an away game. And we've only won one away game all season. We won it handsomely. 8-0. We won it 8-0. <laughs> but unfortunately, eight goals only gets you three points. Unless, of course, it's an 8-8. Eight, eight. Yeah. So, do you think Eddie Howe... Well, is Eddie Howe under pressure? Does Eddie Howe finish the season? With I us? think he has to finish the season. Although if he loses, say, the next seven games, I don't think he finishes the season. Because then it's he's just lost seven. Of, he's just lost seven of the last eight. If the yeah. next games are like that, then I think he's probably gone, isn't he? I think probably. But on, like, on the tactical side and sc- the squad rotation side as well, it's not like us having thirty ga- 10 games in 30 games wasn't a surprise to him and there was no didn't seem to be any planning for that thinking like who can we take out and still have a chance of winning this game if you look at players like Gordon the problem with flogging him for three games in a row because he's too important means the next five games he's useless you're better off resting him for every other game and getting four good games out of him instead of three Things like that that seem obvious to fans haven't been done. That's where you worry about him. I think I think there need to be questions about him over issues like that. But I also think in the summer, the board didn't do him many favours. If you look at the gaps in our squad, we needed a number six before Shelby left. And like we instead of getting one more in, we lost one. But I think if we still had John Joe Shelby, he would have got plenty of games this season. Likewise, Chris Wood, I don't think Howe wanted to lose him. Chris Wood, who got a hat-trick against us for Forest, Which is mental. I think he would have played half an hour of every game in the last seven or eight. I'd imagine Chris Wood probably wanted to take that opportunity to leave. Yeah, I think they both did. But then replace them. I think we have squad depth in areas we didn't need them. Like Lewis Hall, we didn't necessarily need to bring in when you've got Livermento, Byrne and Target that can all play left-back. 
Well, we always felt like, we still always felt like we needed a left back, didn't we? But I know what you're saying. I mean, he was only alone. Yeah, but also not bringing in another right winger. Feels like that was a big gap. Not bringing a number six, not bringing a quicker centre back. Because as well, if we, with Pope out, we've got no speed at the back. So we're just going to get picked off like we have been the last few games. Wasn't Tonali supposed to be the number six? I know you're going to say no. Well, no, I don't know. I th- I think the plan was for him and Bruno to sort of be that kind of switching six and eight in the way yeah. that Willock and Joe Linton would switch. That's what I between think. Between left midfield and number eight. And we have, we've been unlucky with Tonali and Harvey Barnes not often as that depth. But again, you look at Harvey Barnes, did we need a left winger more than a right winger when we had Gordon and Joel Linton? No. Almiron, I think he's got six assists in his career for Newcastle. It's something bizarre. Which is all about the fact that he plays on the right. But presumably, from what I've seen, it looks as if uh, he signed some kind of contract as a child, which means that if he ever uses his right foot, he will die. <laughs> yeah, it's like speed. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that's what's going on because he there's a there's a there's a bomb in Almiron's right foot <laughs> <laughs> that will only get triggered if it ever touches a football. Well, so, only if it does it over a certain force. Yeah, so he's on the he's on the right hand side, which means that yes, he does get some goals for us, but it's impossible for him to put in a cross. <laughs> it's not ideal. But we're sort of the same. Oh, we do play with invert. Like Gordon's the same. He's better cutting in onto his right, but we don't have the midfielders for that at the minute. Like our best midfielder at coming in running into those cutbacks is Bruno and he's our deepest you look at Longstaff and Miley they've been okay Joel Linton the same but none of them are particularly technical players you sort of think I think this is the reason we get picked off so easily on the counter as well Bruno feels he has to get further forward because he's the only one who can deal with those cutbacks and he's the only one who can play those through balls which just means the gap between our midfield and defence is massive. Like the number of times in our last few games where our defence seems to be man for man against the opposition, just it's sort of suicidal. You think you, you sort of wonder why we're not just sitting back as far as we can and soaking it up and trying to hit other teams on the counter. I'll tell you what, let's have a break now and then I'm sure there'll be more to say about uh, where we are. Uh, And then there'll be a lot to say about our forthcoming game against uh, Sunderland AFC. Back in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Right. We didn't expect to be where we are, I don't think. But we are where we are. And suddenly, the fixtures ahead of us look quite scary. Managed to see at home, Villa away. And then it's Luton, Forest, Bournemouth, which in days of hubris gone by, we'd have just assumed that was an automatic nine points. But at the moment, it, it's hard to, um, to to assume we'll get anything. So it's a bad situation, but we are just right now at the beginning of the January transfer window. Are we going to do anything? Can we do anything? Should we do anything? If so, what will we do? And what should we do? <laughs> they are all good questions. In terms of what we can do, I think with FFP, there's not a huge amount we can. I think certainly over like 30 million, I don't think we can sign anyone. And I think the board doesn't seem too keen on that either. Unless there's like an Anthony Gordon situation like there was last winter where a deal came along where they didn't think they'd be able to get that player for that amount any other time. There's a lot of talk about the loan market being the best route for us. And Calvin Phillips is the one that keeps coming up. Do you think the board are going to, at this stage, go, well, we didn't want to be here, but we're now going to work under the assumption that we're not going to qualify for the Champions League. Oh, yeah. I think they have to now. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely, isn't it, at this stage? I mean, six is still very doable. Yeah. It's possible, though, isn't it, if we go on a proper run? Yeah, and I think as well... Currently, we're 11 points behind fourth, 10 behind fifth. Yeah... It's not, yeah, you've got to rule out, pretty much rule out Champions League, haven't you? Yeah. Particularly with the teams who are up there. The only one I sort of, I could see Spurs tailing off. It would take two of them nosediving, really, which isn't unthinkable this season. Yeah. I could Most see... good teams have had bad runs. I suppose Villa could nosedive, but... Yeah, it's whether it's which teams around there are going to be focusing on Europe more than the league as well. 
Yeah, I, th- I think we're out of Champions League. So that's you heard it here first. Oh. So, yeah, loan deals. The the player who I've seen spoken about the most is Calvin Phillips, although uh, the latest I saw is that he's off somewhere else. Any thoughts on that? Well, he keeps getting linked to us in Juventus, and apparently he wants to come to us. Man City were asking for a loan fee of seven million. I just, I think if it's a season where we're writing off the Champions League anyway, I, I wonder about the wisdom of spunking money on a stopgap measure for half a season for a player who's going to take a while to get up to speed anyway. The last time I saw Phillips was against us in the League Cup, and he looked so off the pace. You sort of think, is it worth using that money for that rather than regrouping in the summer? We've had some funny loan deals in January, haven't we? We had... Um, we had Sibierski, uh, was he a loan deal? We, I think he was a signing, but that was a long time ago. I'm thinking more recent years that we'd, players were just sort of immediately forgotten. Danny Rose. Oh, yeah. Matt Target was loan first, wasn't he? Yeah. But who was that one? <laughs> who was that one? It was right before COVID, you and me went to watch us at the Emirates in a box. And I kept on talking about him. I was like, is that... He was really quick, and he was a fullback. Well, what was he? I have no idea. Right, okay. Will you talk about something, and I'm going to work out who that was. <laughs> Facundo Ferreira? No, no, no. It was... I have absolutely no idea. And it's all I can think about now. So if you expected me to fill, well, you have a look for who this person was. Can you remember any more details about him? I'm, I'm about I'm about to work out who it was. Apart from the details, we were in a luxurious box. It was Valentino Lazaro. Oh, yeah, the Italian guy. Yeah, we... I think it's Lazaro that I'm thinking of. Yeah. And ben, there was Bentaleb as well. Oh, yeah. We never got Hamza Chowdhury. We always wanted him on loan, didn't we? Yeah. He could probably do a job now, number six. Fucking <laughs> good. It's going to turn out we should have got Hamza Chowdhury. Can well, we the get one, okay, The one I keep thinking about who's on the books who would probably get quite a few games for us now is Isaac Hayden. I know, yeah. I don't, I mean, is, it, is it possible for us to get him back? I think he's probably fucking injured. Well, there was talk that we might be paying his contract off rather than letting him run down. This is the other thing with FFP. We're still at that annoying position where there's so many players who've still got contracts with us. Players like Jeff Hendrick, who are going to be there for a while. So we're sort of hamstrung a bit by that. By what, in terms of Well, what, Jeff Hendrick's contract is up in June. You'll be pleased mm-hmm. to hear. I am pleased to hear. He's on loan at Sheffield Wednesday, and I don't think we'll be recalling him. I wonder if we do have the option to recall Isaac Hayden. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me where Isaac Hayden... Is he in Turkey? No. Greece? He is at Standard Liège. Oh. But he is, you'll be pleased to hear, contracted to us for another two and a half years. Well, let's get some use out of him. I'll tell you who else is also on our... Uh, oh, no. Forget it. But we've still got players like Mankio. Who else is that? Oh, there's, there's a few where you think 
our increased sponsorship deals because of the Saudis and these players leaving mean FFP is going to suddenly be a bit rosier the longer we go on. I, I'm not. I, I like Calvin Phillips, but I think is he our most pressing need at the minute, rather well, than a right winger? Six. Well, but, it depends how we set up. If if we're going to play four three three away from home. Especially, it looks like we could. If we're not going to have that energy, then we probably need a six. If we're going to have all our players back, we got through last season not needing a six. Whether that's energy levels or teams working us out, we don't know. Well, that, I mean, that's the question: is if we can't make any particularly good deals in the transfer window that are going to change the way we play drastically, and the way that how it works is it, it seems usually it takes them a while to play players into the side as well. He's very reluctant to change players. So I wonder how much of an impact a loan signing could make very quickly. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Yeah, well, I guess Matt Target, when he arrived yeah. on loan, made quite a quick impact. Because of necessity, Chris Wood, Chris Wood immediately played a lot. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, I'm, that, maybe that's unfair. But do you see how... Because of the situation we're in, do you see him making any drastic tactical changes? Do you think he should? Because this kind of, whether it's a matter of formation or more just like this kind of high line, energetic forward press that just doesn't really work with the fitness we currently have, is he going to adapt or can he not play any other way? Well, I think he's. He's not always played 4-3-3. No. So he should be able to. We've tried five at the back or three at the back a few times as well, but it's there has to be a backup plan. You can't just you can't just sit there and go, well, we're not fit enough or we've not got the right players for this system. Because that becomes a pretty invalid excuse when you don't try and change it. But I don't see any reason why. You couldn't have, say, Joe Linton and Bruno as the the double pivot or whatever you call it in a four-two-three-one. That gives you. A I do love a four-two-three-one. For years, it's my chosen formation of football manager. Well, there you go. And but it's uh, not like you're, you're pretty inflexible if you're saying it has to be four-three-three and it has to be this high line and high pressing, and that is the hill I will die on. So if you do that and the players aren't fit enough for it, then how will die on that hill? But I think with the gap between games now, we've not got two games a week anymore. We're going to have players, we're going to have a January winter sun break probably, which always seems to do as well. And we're going to have players coming back. The problem is as well, we've been rushing players back. So you've got players like Longstaff and Byrne who've got people getting on their backs, but they're just, they're not fit. They're not match fit. And they're like, of course, they're going to look not up to speed. And Sven Botman's back, but, you know, I don't know how fit he is. He looks mm. right. Got a goal. Yeah. He got the sort of goal you think he should get more of. So that's encouraging. Yeah. So there's a lot of players not fit at the minute. That's going to get better. And I th- my worry is. What I like about the way we're run at the minute is we seem to take a long-term view. 
when things are going really well, it's like, okay, but they they will get worse. So let's not get carried away. I think our board will be the same. When things are going badly, they're not going to go, okay, we've got to sign a defensive midfielder for this gap that we haven't had before. For the, benef- for the benefit of like two league positions in a season. It'd be interesting if that Amazon Prime Doc had been made this season. Mm. They're not doing one this season, are they? I don't think so. If they are, I don't, they've not announced it. We've never spoken about that on the pod. It was. I've it still was, not watched it. It was fucking awful. For the most part, there were nice little bits in it, but it was pr- pretty unbearable um, PR job for the board. Um, so our next game is, well, it's a big one. Uh, a tie which we haven't had in years. We're away at Sunderland. Before we talk about the game itself, we should probably mention the build-up. As we record, this has been uh, big news today. Is that is uh, the hospitality at the Stadium of Light Hall? I've seen the pictures of this, but I don't know all the details. As I understand it, they've they've sold. Uh, I think 600 tickets to Newcastle fans for one side of the hospitality at the ground. Mm. And I think, it, it, you know, and, and that is obviously covered usually in uh, pro Sunderland colours and whatever. And I think usually under these circumstances, they might have maybe covered up the Sunderland colours just so it doesn't get smashed up. <laughs> but what they've done, <laughs> I mean, have a look on uh, social media, and it's in the papers now as well. What they've done is, it's not as if they wouldn't have been able to sell these tickets anyway. <laughs> what they've done is they have made us, the Newcastle fans, feel more welcome than any away fans <laughs> would have ever felt. <laughs> They've um, they've changed. I saw one thing is that they put up like cheer up Peter Reed. Yeah, they've got a cheer up Peter Reed framed uh, picture. They've changed uh, how are the lads to how are the lads. They've got like black and white everywhere. It is, it is mental. <laughs> it has all the hallmarks of something a mum has done. They just go. Oh, we will. No, we'll make it nice for them. It's very funny, and the um, the Sunderland fans are understandably really pissed off about it. I think Newcastle fans are just finding it hilarious. Of like, why the fuck are they? <laughs> it's I think everyone, bad. I think everyone in football is just like, hey, <laughs> this isn't a thing. That's very good. And then uh, I had um, Johnny Sharples, who's a Newcastle fan, who's very good on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Had a picture of, like, someone suggesting that they should play. Um, uh, they're they're going to, we're going to walk out to local hero. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe they think we're dying or something. It's got real, like, make a wish vibes. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to find what the thing is. 
this should be, and it's very easy to um, just sort of write this very naively, mark this down as a, an easy win that'll cheer us up temporarily. But it, there's a lot of factors. Yeah. Sunderland are not the League One Sunderland of uh, recent years. They're currently in sixth in the playoff places in the championship. Two, we have a terrible away record this season. Three, our FA Cup third round record for the last decade or so is unbelievably bad. Well, even under the Saudis, even with the richest owners in the world, we've gone out in the third round twice in a row to Cambridge. And, was it Sheffield Wednesday last Sheffield year? Sheffield Wednesday last year, away. It, it's, uh, FA Cup, yeah, form is appalling. This is the only trophy we have to play for now, though, so you sort of think we have to... We've got to go all in on this. Yeah, for all of us saying about... Pick our most tired players. Yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. It's a a tricky side for Eddie Howe to pick, really. He's not spoilt with options. But we've... We've got a pretty bad... And we haven't played them for quite a long time, and it's completely different sides. We do have a pretty bad record against Sunderland in recent years. Well, they always have a new manager when they play us as well. And they've done the same again. They sacked their manager a few weeks ago. It's it's the perfect storm of <laughs> a list of reasons why we're going to lose this game are all there. That all have like, like if we lose this, you'd look back and think, well, of course we were going to lose this game. Look at, look at the set of circumstances. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of confidence, but but if we were to lose this game like three 0 would Eddie Howe then be like the favourite to manager to be get sacked next? I guess yeah. The public perception would be that whether he would be or not, we don't know. I guess because we don't really uh, know the power structure of our club. I think we know that like Staveley and Gadusi are very very pro Howe. We don't know if the Saudis are the same, but you would have to think with making appointments of people like Ashworth that are quite measured, they don't seem particularly knee-jerk. I feel like when the fans turn, Stavely turns. Stavely's very, very pro-how, and so have the fans been up until... And now they're sort of... I, I think if you surveyed the fans, it's still... There'd be... It would be a, uh, definitely a minority who would suggest that we would just sack him now. Yeah. But quite n- not a very big minority either. I think if we lose to Sunderland, that would still be quite a minority. If we get tanked? I, I, no, I still think you would say there's no point not giving him till after a sort of warm weather break or whatever we do at the end of January. You'd have to say finish the season and then make a measured decision at the end when you've got the time and the resources to do it properly. 
there's not much benefit to sacking him mid-season. It's like, who are you going to get in as well? That's a, an upgrade. But it's January. The board are going to be like still recovering from the diets, being, not being very good over Christmas. True. Probably feeling anxious looking at their credit card statements. You know, people might not be thinking straight. I don't feel confident going into this game. It sort of feels like a lose-lose anyway, because it's it's one of those where you expected to win, so it's not really a big deal if you do, but it's the end of the world if you don't. I think if we beat Sunderland, I think it, Newcastle fans will enjoy that day a lot. Yeah. I think it'll be a much needed tonic. And if it was if it had been in the middle of one of our other runs that we've had where we've been flying high over the, the last year or two, then it would just be like a nice little um yeah bonus. But now it it could be like a real pick me up. But I think for things like player confidence, we've got a lot of players who are clearly rock bottom for confidence at the minute. You yeah. sort of think beating Sunderland isn't necessarily going to restore that in the way that like beating Man U or Arsenal would have. Maybe. Okay. Well, do you want to predict what will happen? I think draw one all. Which would mean a replay. Yeah. Back at St. James's Park, which would be fun. It would. But, yeah, I think we're going to lose. <laughs> Maybe. God. New year. New is it? It's not the most positive start to the year, but it's nice to have negativity back. It was all going a bit too well. It's starting to feel like we were Man City at the start of the season. And it, a part of it is my own sort of like dub, like checking myself and trying to like... And scolding myself for for past hubris, do you know what I mean? Mm. Trying to like counterbalance that by saying, if I say we're going to get tanked by the Mackens, then actually everything will turn around. Uh, but no, I can see them winning one. <laughs> it's got that feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Not that who would you who would you start? I don't, we don't have to go through all the positions, but I don't know because I don't really have an understanding of who's fit. I mean, Dan Burns, the big one that seems to have had a couple of very bad games in a row and doesn't look fit. Would you play Tino at left? I feel Emil Kraft's been very unlucky not to start the Liverpool game at right back. Right. Well, as I understand it, Trippier is fit again. Uh, we haven't really spoken about him because he was sort of the story a week or two ago. Yeah. Well, I know Wilson's out for the rest of the month. Did you hear when Trippier was going through, he'd had a couple of bad games and it was talk from some fans that we should have like a minute's applause for him. Yeah. <laughs> fans are weird sometimes. Yeah. Well, but I think, you know, there's rumours that there's something going on behind the scenes with him. I don't know. Well, there was a, a Twitter store. I don't think we should mention what it was about because it sounds like bollocks. Okay. Let's not fuel whatever it is. Yeah. 
Um, but I do believe he's a murderer. Right, okay, fair enough. Yeah. So um, I wonder whether he'll come back in and... I feel like we've whenever we've rushed players back from injury recently, it's always worked. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah, well, according to NUFC.com, he is fit and available. I'm about to sneeze. Yeah. Excuse me. Awesome prayers. I think we have a minute's applause for you. Yeah. For that. I would say, despite his last couple of months, I would say Trippier, you know, I'd welcome his experience. Yeah. And I would say Livramento at left back. Yeah. And if they're fit, Botman and Shaw, or maybe Botman and Lascelles. Lascelles' contract is up in, in uh, yeah. June. Uh, in July. June, yeah. I feel like Lascelles wouldn't be the worst, just he feels quicker than Botman and Shaw. I don't know if that's necessarily it's, true. But he's also um, uh, coming back from an injury as well. So I think it might be Botman and Shaw. Yeah. And then, I don't know, just fucking whoever's fit. I would, what I, but what I wouldn't do is, um, I wouldn't be resting anyone for this game, despite everything. Miggy's the other one because he looks shot of confidence. Could really do with Jacob Murphy, Paul. Could. And who thought we'd ever be saying that? We had just a smidgen of. Of uh, Joe Willock, didn't we? And then he was out. Mm, we have missed Willock. He has, he's been a big miss. But I think as well, our front six, technically, they're not very good players in terms of passing ability and creativity. Like, Joe Linton's good running with the ball and breaking up play, but shits the bed a lot when he gets near goal. Miggy's the same. I don't think we've got any choices in the front six. I well, I think the only thing is whether you... You can do Joel Linton on the left, Gordon on the right, or you do Gordon on the left, Miggy on the right, Joel Linton in midfield. I think for Sunderland, I would want Joel Linton in that middle three. I think him, Bruno, and either Longstaff or Miley. Yeah, There's not many I options. I think I'd go Gordon on the left, Amor on the right. Yeah. Not having a backup striker of any type. It's because Barnes and... Murphy have been out so long. We've not been able to have Gordon on the bench as like a striker option. So we've not really had a third choice striker. The other option is Joel Linton up front, Isaac on the left, Gordon on the right, or any those three all switching positions all the way through the game. Just constantly. Like a like, like a, a like a mad wheel. Like a uh, uh, <clears throat> a a yo sushi. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd I'd like to see Almiron use this game as because for for all we've given him shit, he has had some really good periods for us. So I'd like to see. Yeah, I feel sorry for Miggy because he's he's clearly exhausted, and under any other circumstances, wouldn't be continually getting a full ninety minutes. And the a lot of our players just aren't being protected from the situation they're in because of debt in some cases, but also because of, you'd say, managerial stubbornness 
certainly in December. Because if we weren't so desperate for a result uh, and so low on confidence, then then you'd be asking, we'd be asking, does Lewis Hall get a start? We'd be asking mm. uh, 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 Matt Ritchie, and, and Matt Ritchie might be in the conversation for the front six, or uh, Paul Dummett might be in the conversation. I still wouldn't mind if Ritchie or Dummett started. I'd That'd certainly be... be up for them getting like half an hour. I, so I, well, I think as well, they make more sense as starters because then you'd be bringing on players with impact. Like you'd be bringing on a Miggy or a Gordon. Like bringing on Matt Ritchie doesn't feel like an impact sub. That feels like you're bringing on someone who's already going to be as slow as the game is. No, that's a very good. That's a very good show, actually. I suppose now it's like because how must feel like under a bit of pressure. It takes. But I think this has been the problem with Howe is in the big games we've had, he's picked the strongest 11, which isn't the strongest selection he could have made because of fitness. Um, right. I think he'll do the same again. He'll, th- he'll pick the 11 best players, but that might not be the best 11 to manage the game for no, 90 exactly minutes. exactly what you're saying. and I, I'm persuaded. I'm now currently thinking... Start Matt Ritchie. I, I think start Matt Ritchie. And, and, and have Gordon or Almiron as an impact sub. Mm. But there's no way he's going to do that because that no. takes confidence to do that away at Sunderland. But you look at Gordon by half-time against Liverpool, like I was saying before, he couldn't get past his man at all. Yeah. And you look at the first... I mean, he was on the right for the first half, but the first game against Liverpool earlier in the season... Trent Alexander-Arnold should have been sent off because Gordon was all over him. And you kind of think at least 15 minutes of intense Anthony Gordon is worth 75 minutes of Matt Ritchie before it. Plus, I want to see Matt Ritchie score in a big game. I got a gift card for Christmas for 15 minutes. For Matt Ritchie. No, for 15 minutes of intense Anthony Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) It is an offer at a uh, it's a, a posh spa hotel, and you can get that fifteen oh. minutes. <laughs> what happens in this fifteen minutes? Yeah, it's just in your face. What it says? It's fifteen minutes of intense Anthony Gordon. <laughs> Interpret that how you will. Get it injected. Okay. Well. There's not a lot else to say. It's 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 now up for the players. Yeah. The the floor is yours. Tell your story. <laughs> this is the team talk Eddie Howe will give, isn't it? It's gonna be very uh <laughs> very dramatic. Action. So uh yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see. I could say we'll be back next week with the podcast to um uh, to assess whatever it is that happens, but our current track record suggests well. Yeah, it's the new year. New, new, new year, new us. New year, new us, Paul. Life and, life and work got in the way a bit more last, se- last series of the Newcastle Natter. It's a new yeah. series. It's a new season. It's, 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 it's quite possibly the longest running Newcastle United podcast. Certainly, like 
in terms of like impact on the uh, on the world and length of <laughs> the podcast going, this must be. I think what's good about it is there will be Newcastle podcasts that have been running for a tenth of the time that will have ten times the number of episodes as us. That's true. Yeah. That's true. This has basically always just been a way, or at least it has been for the last few years, just been a way for me, Paul and Dave, when we can all get together, to just spend some time together chatting about something we love and we record it and you the listeners are just lucky enough to hear it those few cherished listeners amongst you both of you both of you and you know i probably i probably will i'll I'll, we'll finish recording this i'll close my laptop i'll go downstairs i'll watch the traitors paul will send this off and I won't tweet anything to promote it. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I'll have no knowledge of whether anyone has actually listened to it. But, you know. I don't think we've ever seen the metrics. We don't know. I think I saw them a while ago. And um, they were were enough for it not to be completely embarrassing. (laughs) But uh, not enough to start banging down people's doors and uh, and asking well, where's my money. As you know, I've always wanted to just be enough, so that suits me. You are enough, Paul. You are enough, and this podcast is enough. And uh, it's fine. It's fine as it is. I like it. Okay, it with with the velvet underground of podcasts, people will appreciate us when we when it ends. You know. We're like a pub that refuses to do food. We're doing it our way. <laughs> That's so true. So true. All right. We'll end it there. Thank you very much, Paul Dillon. Thank you very much. Thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter listener. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.